Uh, due to the winds, we haven't seen a lot of smoke blowing into the big cities, but we are today. Woke up this morning, you step outside in the capital region, and it's, it's, I mean, it's not as bad. There were worse days, no question, uh, when we had the BC wildfires. I don't know how many summers ago it was. It was a while ago. Uh, and you know, everything was dark and then orange and that's kind of what we're like. It looks like it's overcast. It looks like it's cloudy, but it's not. Uh, it's the smoke and you can smell it. You can taste it and you can feel it. Uh, the winds shifted and they're all blowing straight out of the northwest now, pushing the smoke, uh, right into the big cities and further and further south. You could watch this morning as the air quality advisories were slowly added heading to the south one after the other. So basically right now you've got special air quality statements in effect for a lot of the province of Alberta issued by Environment Canada. The statement says, uh, obviously, Smoke is causing or expected to cause poor air quality and reduced visibility. Air conditions expected to approve on Wednesday. That's the good thing. That's the good news. Uh, it's expected to only last for one day. Um, the smoke can be harmful to everyone's health, even at low concentrations. Yes, Calgary is included. It even goes further south than Calgary as well. It's kind of funny. In Edmonton this morning, um, we had an air quality at about 3 which is you know, mild, no big deal. Then all of a sudden, boom, it was eight. So uh, now we're up pretty close to the high end of the uh, of the risk here. So it, I don't know. Hopefully it clears out overnight, and then tomorrow morning we, we don't have to worry about this. But uh, for the rest of today, at least, sounds like it's not going to be a whole lot of fun. Like I say, it's got a lot to do with the wind, and the wind is causing the smoke concern for us, but that pales in comparison to what it is meaning for those who are trying to fight the wildfires. It's really caused some concern for them because it, it dramatically changes the behavior um, of the wildfires, and they're saying they're expecting because of this wind shift, things are only going to get worse for them. This is Christy Tucker, who's a wildfire information manager. Winds are expected to shift from the southeast to the northwest with gusts of up to 50 kilometers an hour. Combined with the heat and dryness, this will cause dangerous conditions for our firefighters on the ground. Yeah, she says they've known about the upcoming change for days. They've been planning for this change in the wind, but uh, here it is. One of the biggest challenges facing firefighters today is the change in wind direction. And that will change uh, where the fire moves and uh, the direction of the head of the fire. So that certainly could change things uh, for some communities. And I think it has. Uh, the, the list of areas of Alberta that have now been evacuated or added to the evacuation list uh, has grown by a few over the past 12 hours or so. You can count Valley View on the list. We'll get an update on that in just a second. And also, um, uh, if I'm saying it right, Peavine, Métis Settlement. I'm not 100% sure. If anybody knows, let me know. Um, that's up around Falaire, somewhere around there. That's being evacuated. Uh, there's also the Shining Bank area has seen some evacuations there. So it, it's causing all kinds of issues. Uh, 2,500 wildland firefighters uh, currently involved, more than 600 from outside of the province, 1,649 from here in Alberta, 300 Canadian Armed Forces personnel, all hands on deck trying to deal with this situation. It's also all hands on deck in terms of trying to handle those who have been evacuated. And like I say, we're up to about 19,300. That's the latest estimate, uh, Albertans displaced because of the various evacuation orders all across of the province. And like I say, some of them um, from Valley View, who 
were themselves living in an evacuation center earlier this week. So it just continues to spread. Let's get an update, though. We'll check in with Sarah Reed now, a reporter with Global Edmonton. Um, she's in White Court. Um, and Sarah, just give us an update. White Court is sort of the latest receiving center for evacuees from a, a few different areas, right? That's right. So as you mentioned, Valley View was sort of the the spot that evacuees from the surrounding areas there were headed to. Uh, but now Valley View being evacuated. So thousands of people now making the drive, the two hour drive to White Court. Uh, and that is people from Valley View. It's people from Sturgeon Lake Cree Nation who were previously evacuated. And uh, White Court has been the evacuation center for Fox Creek. Uh, so evacuees from Fox Creek have now already been here for about 10 to 12 days. So Thousands of people coming into to this small town uh, in comparison to some of the cities, but a bigger town in comparison to uh, some of the places like Valley View. How's it going? Like you say, that's a lot of people showing up. I think White Court's about 10,000 people, something like that. So uh, in, in terms of welcoming all those people, it's 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 a lot, right? How are they making out? It is a lot, but so far all we have seen is generosity and support. So uh, the town of White Court is filling up. Last night uh, they had to be turning people away at hotels because there wasn't enough space uh, for all the evacuees, um, and they were struggling to find accommodations for them. But other than that, people have been extremely welcoming. Uh, and it's not only the town of White Court, but the people of Fox Creek who have already been here for, as I mentioned, over a week, they're now sort of providing support to the new evacuees who are coming. Uh, they're even giving us masks and water, um, and then they're providing support to each other. So they're they're buying bikes for kids who are coming. Um, they're borrowing and lending uh, sports equipment for people to sort of play with their kids in the parking lot. Uh, they're helping them move their prescriptions. Uh, White Court is even now helping um, people who had uh, medical appointments in Valley View. They're now sort of trying to accommodate them here in White Court. So so far. It has been extremely accommodating. They're also making lots of donations. The people of White Court who are coming to the Allen and Jean Miller Center, which is acting as that reception center, mm-hmm. they're coming for their regular lives. They're coming to work out, participate in rec centers, and then they see all these evacuees. They go home, they get pet food, they get diapers, <laughs> they get supplies, and they bring them back as donations. So it really is a lot of generosity that we're seeing. That's amazing. That is so good to hear. Um, now, of course, they'll do what they can for as long as they can, but that will run out eventually. What kind of... I don't. I, I don't know if official is the right word, but are there agencies that are starting to arrive and and assist as well, or is it still falling primarily to volunteers at this point? So far, it does seem like it is volunteers, um, but there also is a lot of support um, from the municipal district yeah. of Greenview. Um, so. There is a lot of organization happening here, but we were talking to people, you know, evacuees who said that the people who are greeting them at the desk at the reception center who are registering them and being here are evacuees themselves from their community. Um, so it is sort of this this community effort. I know that there is military support um, in Fox Creek and in Drayton Valley. Uh, so far, we're not we're not seeing sort of outside agencies here in uh, White Court. That's not to say they might not come, uh, but so far they're doing a pretty good job yeah. from volunteers and evacuees helping each other. Great stuff, Sarah. Thank you so much for the update. Appreciate it.